Je luister na die stem van die kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM Stereo. Welcome back. It's uh, four minutes after eight and it's time for MJC Speaks in the second hour of this program. Uh, and uh, tonight uh, we are joined in studio by uh, members of the Social Development Department of the MJC. And of course, um, we're speaking about uh, gender-based violence this evening, uh, talking about the role of the MJC in educating the community on gender-based violence and how they uh, deal and engage. Uh, obviously, we see this as a reality in every community particularly also in the muslim community and we need not shy away from that aspect it does happen so this we we have to find ways of addressing that of course the mjc tackles these issues along with the various other issues so tonight we'll be engaging on that as well inshallah my guests in studio are sheikh fadil mandin mjc's head of social development uh, department we also have uh, uh, sister zubaida ahmed of the mjc she's a counselor uh, and she sees a lot of these cases as well and then also we have sheikh ibrahim Charles, uh, and uh, he's, he was one of the attendees at a special gender-based violence uh, conference, and we'll be talking about that conference in, in, a, in a bit, inshallah. But before we do that, we first get to honor guests. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to VSC. Wa alaikum Well, of course, tonight, speaking about a very important and very serious topic, we know that uh, November normally is the time where we speak about the 16 days of activism and people become uh, conscientized to the idea of uh, gender-based violence, uh, but obviously it's under the umbrella of focusing on women and children. Uh, but we know that the sad reality, and we say this every year, is that um, we have to, we keep having to ha- commemorate this occasion, meaning that it's ongoing in our community and cases are increasing year upon year. The problem is becoming bigger. So definitely there needs to be a drive within our community uh, to be able to address this. And I'm glad that the MJC is bringing this to the fore this evening. I want to start with, with Sheikh uh, Fadil Imandin, of course, uh, the, as mentioned, the MJC's Head of Social Development. Development uh, department. When we look at uh, um, gender-based violence, and uh, uh, we understand that, uh, um, as we mentioned, it is a reality within our community. Um, is there an unwillingness in our community to speak openly about gender-based violence? Alhamdulillah, if we can just for a, a minute, just before we go further, just understand what gender-based violence is. Maybe you know, as we speak about it, it is you know any form of harm from one gender towards the other. Yes, it is specifically sometimes we speak about it in the context of a husband beating up his wife or a husband abusing his wife, but it works the other way around as well. It is not specific that women are the victims and men are the perpetrators. Although the other side of the coin, you don't find many men going to and, you know, saying my wife hits me, my wife abuses me in whatever way. Gender-based violence also doesn't only mean physical abuse, it means emotional abuse, it means, you know, financial abuse, any type of abuse, any type of violence from one gender towards the other. In our community, to say that it is not something that is spoken about, it is not something that is specific to Islam. It is something that is across the board. It comes from all religions, all status, all walks of life. People suffer some sort of violence or some sort of abuse. So it is not specific to Islam, but in Islam it is addressed 
very strongly in the Quran, in the Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu So it is something that is prevalent. It is something that is not communicated maybe inside families. We don't speak to our family if it happens. But when it comes to the Muslim Judicial Council, specifically the Social Development Department, yes, it is spoken about. In fact, we can say statistically that every second case that comes to the MJC is because of some sort of violence or some sort of abuse that is suffered by one of the parties. And of course, being this sad reality, then also I want to um, then turn my attention to Sister Zubaydah Ahmed uh, on my right hand side and then ask the question when these cases do come to the MJC, and obviously we see um, you know, the broad spectrum of issues uh, and problems represented within our community when people do come to the social development department. But when it comes when it specifically becomes uh, a, an issue around um, gender based violence, and we see that women more than anyone else is affected, are affected by this. Um, again, I want to ask the question, uh, is there an openness in our community to want to, to, want to talk about this and who, who are usually the ones bringing these cases forward? Are, is, is it the women themselves uh, or are there other times where the community gets involved and are we seeing enough community involvement in addressing this? Um, from the perspective of the uh, social development department at the MJC, um, we see people on an individual basis. So predominantly it has been women that have come forward um, to report cases um, and purely in reference to marriage. Um, has the has has have we had cases where men have come forward um yes we have but predominantly it has been women like like you've mentioned um Sorry, what was the first question that you asked? I think one of the things that I ask is in terms of uh, the openness in our community. Yeah. Um, are people open in coming and, and in expressing that there's a problem? Because there is a culture, I would say, in our community to say, you know what, we deal with our own issues. We don't you know, hmm. take this uh, further than, than the, the confines hmm. of our homes. Hmm. Or, and families sometimes put pressure on, 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 on you know, the, 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 the family members to not disclose. Hmm. Do we hmm. find that those, those problems and challenges in dealing with this when it comes to the ears of the social development department I think uh, I think uh, there definitely has been a shift I think when I first started doing this type of work um, both privately or or at the MJC I think there generally was a sort of frowning upon people seeking counseling um, one because they didn't trust the, the 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 field and two because culturally it it um, there was a belief that you don't you know in your dirty washing I would say more and more especially in the last two years I think people are beginning to know that they can come to the MJC because it is a safe space and they can come and speak about these these matters that are generally um, uncomfortable and you know for them not to talk about um, in the general community um, in terms of is there more community activities I think you know with with uh, if one goes beyond our community there's been a tremendous amount of awareness raised around gender-based violence so people have been educated around it but people are still struggling and then also um, you know we, we, we again I want to go back to the 16 days of activism because I think uh, 
this is really when it becomes a national issue every year in November is when uh, we start to conscientize ourselves around the fact that this does happen although it happens throughout the year so there needs to be that uh, awareness and consciousness throughout the year but particularly at that time you know it's highlighted broadly so obviously as we mentioned it's not just you know a, a problem in, 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 in a specific community but it does affect South Africans as well it's a South African issue it's an international issue so everyone is affected by it but I want to come back to um, uh, Shafaidul and then just ask the question if we look at uh, you know from from Islamic perspective uh, and Sheikh has given context to this but I just want to expound on that again uh, when we look at um, you know the effects of gender-based violence and uh, we understand uh, our role as Muslims uh, in, in seeking justice um, how d- how would one go about addressing this I mean f- for instance you find a father who is privy to the fact that his, 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 his daughter is being abused by her husband. We find a situation where uh, you are a neighbor and you know that uh, your, your, the husband is, is, is abusing the wife. Or, uh, you know it, not in the sense that you suspect it, but in actual fact you've known it, you know it and you see it. What does Islam say about how we engage with such a situation? Yeah, obviously the first and the obvious answer to the question is education. We obviously need to educate ourselves how to deal with, with situations like that. We need to educate ourselves on what is the Islamic law, or what is the Islamic ruling uh, when you do find that somebody is abusing someone else. If the daughter is being abused or if the mother is being abused or if the neighbor is being abused, how do we deal with those situations is that we need to enact the law of Sharia. You know, we need to speak, we need to educate people because sometimes, like you have rightfully mentioned, you know, we grew up in a culturally effective community where everything is based on culture. Again, not specifically to Cape Town alone, but this is wherever we are, it is our culture that plays a big role on how we address issues with inside the house. Do we keep it inside? Do we not? Is it airing out dirty laundry when you go and speak to somebody if you're abused and it doesn't want to change with inside the house? It is not. It is not something that you're going to... It is seeking assistance you know we need to seek assistance because if somebody is abusing another it is mainly because that person may be we're not making excuses because uh, you know Sheikh Ibrahim will maybe uh, expound it in a bit more on, on the Islamic perspective of how a husband and wife deals with certain situations but we need to educate ourselves and it is because of a lack of knowledge we don't know how to address issues we don't know how to deal with issues so the the, the quickest and easiest way is you know we, we were we were taught by the by the sword and we will enact by the sword instead of educating ourselves on how to address things what is the rights and the responsibilities between these two people and as me as a neighbor seeing from an outside what is my responsibility as a neighbor when I do see something like this from the social development department of MJC if a wife comes to us and this we are 100% clear on it and we don't shy away from it if a one wife comes to us and she fears for her life because that she, she's being abused we will then tell her to enact the law upon her husband we will tell her that she needs to go for protection you know and if then we will then call in the husband and speak to him about the situation and speak to him about the life that he is living with his wife or if it is the other way around however it is we will then try and educate the persons 
on what is right and what is wrong and take it from there inshallah inshallah we're speaking uh, to uh, the social development department of the muslim judicial council this evening looking at gender-based violence i guess in studio sheikh Fadil mandin uh, as well as sister Zubair ahmed uh, who is an mjc counselor and then also we have uh, sheikh ibrahim charles joining us and sheikh I, uh, uh, ibrahim i want to speak about i understand that the mjc was represented at the world vision and islamic relief conference on gender-based violence we have very uh, pertinent issues pertaining to what we are speaking about were discussed and let's just go through the nature of uh, this particular conference and uh, why the MJC decided to attend أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم um, Subhanallah you know the the, um, the conferences was uh, the the main idea of the conference the main concept of the con- of the conference was to discuss gender based violence um, the conference was hosted by World Vision and Islamic Relief and um, uh, it was actually a really smart idea and that is uh, based on the whole channels of hope um, concept which is to invite faith leaders to discuss critical issues because they have they in a unique position to be able to address the you know the, the community and society as, at broad um, so um, they were called in to discuss the issue of gender-based violence and um, how they can uh, how they can deal with this in the communities and um, subhanallah it was it was a brilliant conference I mean the the issues that we discussed there, uh, some of the debates that we had they were pertinent to you know to be able to make inroads in in in, com- in the community and also again uh, you know coming back to you know faith based organizations and and faith leaders in the sense how crucial is other the roles would you say in in ensuring in turning the tide against you know gender-based violence uh, well, you know, when it comes to issues of in, in marital issues or issues within the family, uh, we generally turn towards our spiritual leaders or our faith leaders, you know, for advice um, and for guidance. And uh, we learned also with that in gender-based violence, some of the things that promote gender-based violence is a misunderstanding of scripture. So some of the ayat that we know, or some of the hadith, we, you know, we might misinterpret and um, it's up to them basically to to um, to put us on the right track. So that's why it's so important that um, our faith-based leaders are, are well-equipped to be able to address these issues, especially when it comes to gender-based violence. Shafadi, also then, uh, I have to ask this question because I mean it, it leads into a very important point, and that is, um, that within our society, do some males see it as a right? Uh, f- uh, in terms of you know being able to to abuse or punish their wives, do they see that as a right? And do we f- sometimes see that the MJC uh, encounters males who feel that they are entitled to this kind of action or you know violence against against uh, female members, whether it be uh, their daughter or whether it be their wives or whatever it is? D- do some males in in our society feel that they have a right to you know enact violence against a female member of society? And d- does the MJC encounter this? Yes, unfortunately, we do encounter it because there is a sense or understanding that as a husband or as a father, there is a sense of superiority or hierarchy inside the home. We grew up with this concept that the father is the sultan of the house. And when we want to to, to uh, give the explanation or dissect the word sultan, it means that I am the king. So a king can do what he wants. That is the idea that we have of a king. And this is why, if you know, we don't want to shy away from the fact that we grew up in this way with this understanding. So in that sense as well, what the father says goes. And that is that to, the, to, to a point that is true, 
but not to the point where he can inflict harm physically or ab- any other way on those who are under his his ruling, if we may call it as that. Because Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he speaks about the responsibility of a person, kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyati, that we have this responsibility and we will be questioned and answerable to the, the responsibilities that we have. But to a point, you know, our responsibility is to guide and teach the Quran as Allah Ta'ala had revealed it and the, 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 the prophetic sayings and traditions and life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he was, Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the Sultan in his house. But when it was asked of his wives what was his nature inside with the character of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam inside his house, he was well, like one of us, the answer was. You know, he used to do things with us, he used to do, assist us inside the house. So what was the role of the Sultan there in the form of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? That he was the role model inside the house. He wasn't the one who enforced the law, but he was the one who enacted the law inside his house. So coming back to the question, does it happen? It does happen. Why does it happen? Because we must understand our roles as sultans. And here we're speaking specifically to the men as husbands and fathers. We must understand this role as sultan, the king of the house. This king does not mean that you can enforce the law and if the law is broken according to your understanding that you can enforce the punishment as well on your subjects and your subjects we're saying in inverted commas inside the house. So that is the misunderstanding and that is the reason why we sometimes think that we have the sense of superiority inside the house and hierarchy and we can do as we please inside our own homes. The voice of Sheikh Fadil Mandan. This is the program MJC Speaks. And when we come back from this break, inshallah, we continue this evening. We're speaking about gender based violence. Stay tuned. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Welcome back to MJC Speaks. This evening we have the Social Development uh, Department in studio with us and uh, comprises of uh, Sheikh Fadil Imandin, uh, MJC's Head of Social Development. We also have uh, uh, Sister Zubaida Ahmed, uh, an MJC counselor. And then also we have in studio with us Sheikh Ibrahim Charles, alhamdulillah, joining us as well. Speaking about the issue of gender-based violence before the break, uh, we asked the question to Sheikh Fadil Imandin regarding uh, situations where men sometimes uh, you know, uh, asking the question that do men sometimes feel that they have the right uh, to abuse a female member of the of the household and Sheikh has mentioned that people misconstrue the deen in the sense and see that this is their right and, 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 and the reality of it is that uh, as example of Rasul Sallallahu someone who was merciful uh, uh, merciful to 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 mankind but particularly to the female members of his household uh, they feared nothing of him they feared no aggression from him they uh, uh, they feared no 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 retribution from him and uh, the understanding that this whenever someone goes against that model he's indeed going against the deen of islam subhanallah mm-hmm. but now i want to i want to touch on another issue and that of course uh, i want to bring in the uh, uh, sister zabeda again and speak about the the issue relating to um when when someone does uh, come in uh, and say you know what I'm being abused by my husband or um, you know I'm being abused by my father for instance which might also be the case sometimes um, there's a lot of a trauma associated with mm-hmm. that depending obviously on the length of time the person right. has been abused um, the nature of the situation at home um, how, how does one then begin to deal 
with the emotional issues firstly in terms of uh, 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 you know addressing uh, because sometimes also uh, one might imagine that there's a sense of self-blame also some okay. victims feel that they deserve the abuse they've done something wrong so how does one begin to change that mindset now so where does one begin to tackle this issue especially when there's, there's, there's a, a serious amount of trauma associated with you know uh, with 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 um, that kind of abuse right um it's a very complex issue um, that has many ways of looking at it, but primarily, I mean, it's it's a person stepping through the door, and I think it's an important thing to remember that you're not dealing purely with trauma, and that ideally, when the person comes to see you, they there's a there's an expectation that you see, you view them as a whole person, so a fair amount of energy goes into actually connecting with the person and providing them with an environment of safety and of course without saying confidentiality um, and that they should feel that whoever does sort of allow, uh, bring them into that space or creates that space for them is just another human being and to just start off with is the power of actually sitting quietly and listening to the person already provides an atmosphere of, of safety, allowing them to actually open up and talk about the trauma that, it, that they've experienced. Now, if the trauma has been compounded over, you know, whether it's a single uh, incident or whether it's been over a year, uh, you know, over uh, or many incidents for that matter, um, it's it's just a matter of actually journeying along with them, allowing them to unpack the experience, um, allowing them to um, sort of go through their thoughts around what has happened, um, and and looking at as you pointed out, um, looking at the shame associated with it, and this takes time. It takes time to establish rapport with your client. It takes time to gain their trust where they will actually allow you to witness the trauma that they've experienced. So essentially at the, at the, what we do offer clients at the MJC is to sit with them for as many sessions as they require um, in order to bring them to a point of, of healing. Um, and so we don't put a specific time lim limit on that and uh, rather let them determine how, how long they would like to have the counselling. And then also I want to mention the issue of substance abuse, whether it be alcohol or drug uh, addiction, which sometimes might also result in you know, domestic violence. Um, uh, how, how, does, how does the MJC, and I think I want to ask Sheikh Fadil maybe this question, and then also Sister, Sister Zubaydah, um, how does the MJC engage with this issue? Because uh, here we have two issues, two separate issues. We've got the domestic abuse, uh, and then we also have the, the drug and alcohol issue mm -hmm. that needs to be dealt with, obviously most likely in addiction on the one side and the abuse on the other side. So how does the MGC then engage? Because obviously uh, there are other components that need to be dealt with as well. Yeah, When we speak about drug abuse specifically, when, with everything else that comes with it, you need to deal with the, with the cause of everything else. Drug abuse is sometimes a cause for gender-based violence, but it is not a, the reason why there is gender-based violence. It is not, it is not a fact to understand or think that every person who is a drug or substance abuser is going to be someone who is going to inflict harm on their spouse. That is not a, the reason for gender-based violence. So when dealing with substance abuse, you need to deal with that. 
that and that only. In any form of counseling, even if it comes to marital counseling and the spouse comes to you, husband or wife, and says to you, you know, the reason I'm here today is because my, my, my partner abuses substances. So you need to deal with that because that is the cause of in many other problems around and inside the marriage. So if you can eliminate that, then you will t- then it is the possibility of the eliminating everything around that. For example, the the issue of maybe uh, abuse, the issue of non-maintenance, the issue of whatever comes with this substance abuse is eliminated because of the substance abuse alone. So it it is not directly connected to to, to gender-based violence, although there are substance abusers who inflict harm on their spouses, but it is not the reason or the core reason uh, for it. For example, again, if you speak about poverty, you know, this is not something that is prevalent to the poor community only. It is not something that only happens in, in the poorest of communities. It happens in affluent communities as well. So when we speak about gender-based violence, it, there is no specific trigger. Oh, yeah, that can say, you know, that is the cause, and if you can eliminate poverty, there's not going to be any gender-based violence. If you can eliminate substance abuse, there's not going to be any gender-based violence. Those are sideline issues. Those are all part and parcel of something that is bigger and greater than the one thing. So, yeah, substance abuse, if you deal with it, you deal with it separately, because that is not the cause or the sole cause for gender-based violence. But now, in dealing in dealing with that, we've mentioned that we do deal with that, and then obviously, Sister Zubaydah on the other side sees uh, the the per, the victim uh, uh, additionally. So, so let's say, for instance, this is happening, mm-hmm. and um, then, then how does the MJC then look at uh, the situation? Because obviously, you've got to establish a safe mm-hmm. home yeah. for the for the victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, and let's say, for instance, um, uh, the 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 perpetrator has admitted that they have a problem, uh, and I'm just focusing now on substance abuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, the the are broad um, a range of reasons for why people do inflict violence mm-hmm. on their spouses, but we're just speaking about uh, substance abuse a, as a matter of interest. So let's say, for instance, the 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 perpetrator does say, you know what, they have a problem, they need to seek help. Then how does one then ensure? Uh, that the safety of the person in the house, when the person, uh, when when uh, when the, the 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 perpetrator says, you know what, they're going to seek, they're going to seek, uh, um, you know, uh, some kind of counselling or assistance for the for the drug for the drug abuse. Yeah. Look, that that is that is basically obviously when admittance is the first uh, step to 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 to. to to a healthier life, to, to to getting to freeing yourself from 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 the substance itself, but if there is somebody admitting to it, how do we protect the wife at home or the husband at home? Is they then the, this is where family comes in. When you you alluded to it at the very beginning, we don't speak about it to our families. It is not something that we 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 often speak of, but this when you want protection of any sort, you need to make sure that there is. Uh, there is situation. There is those those forms of, of protection around. So if you don't want to speak to your whole family or, or have your whole family know what is going on, then speak to someone in your family, someone that you know you can trust. If it is not your mother, it is not your father, maybe a sister, maybe a, a friend, or maybe a cousin, to say, you know, this is what is happening, and I need you to keep do A, B, and C for me in case something happens. So those are things that you put in place in case something goes wrong. But if 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 the perp comes and says you know I do have a problem and I do understand that there is a problem that is the first step to 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 what do you call it okay. uh, rehabilitation mm-hmm. you know of the person itself and then also I, w- I want to ask the issue I mean it, uh, sometimes let's say either it's the last straw or the wife is fearing for her life and uh, we want to ask the question then uh, 
under under South African law, uh, which gender-based uh, violence category, um, you know, is 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 is, uh, is determined as a grounds uh, for talak and fasakh in a sense. And I mean, if we look at uh, divorce as a solution uh, to 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 securing the safety of 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 of, of that 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 individual, um, how 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 would one in approach that process with the uh, with the with the victim of of, of violence? Yeah, if the husband or the wife feels when, when, when there is gender-based violence, obviously, and again, I, I would like Sheikh to, 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 to maybe speak on, on what Islam says about uh, the harmony between a husband and wife and how we should be actually living as husband and wife. But if, if there is violence, and it is to the extent where the person fears the partner, for example, if the wife is being abused by the husband, logically, Islam speaks about it. Who is the one who is supposed to be protecting his spouse? from any sort of violence or any form of harm, it is the husband. So now the one who is supposed to be protecting is the one who is causing the harm. So can you leave a person like that in a home where she is being harmed by somebody? No, Islam doesn't allow it. So if she fears for her life, then she has the right to make the application for a fasakh. In the same course, if the husband fears for his life, because today you have words like bipolar and situations like that where people are, you know, you're not, not mentally stable to deal with situations, so they deal with it in an aggressive way. So it is from both sides. Then there is the recourse of wanting to get out of the marriage. Obviously, Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Holy Quran, if you cannot live together in peace and harmony, then you need to separate in kindness. So what is that peace and harmony that Allah Ta'ala speaks about it is in every sense of the word what is harmony is that you love a peaceful life okay to say that you love a peaceful life and 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 try to speak about marriage in the same sentence it <laughs> it does not always make a, you know for a good sentence but that is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about so when there is harm inside the marriage physical harm and financially and here we're not speaking about the wives to the husband here we speak specifically if the husband is abusing his wife financially meaning he's sitting at home and does not want to go and work please that is the word that we want to emphasize does not want to go work and wants to you know just feed off his wife and then that is also what they call financial abuse and that is also a recourse for a divorce from the husband. The voice of Shafai Dulmandin, this is the program, uh, the program MJC Speaks this evening is focusing on gender-based violence. We're going to go for a break and when we come back we'll continue. Stay tuned. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Assalamu alaikum, welcome back uh, to MJC Speaks uh, uh, and this evening we're focusing on gender-based violence instead of with me I have uh, Sheikh Fadil Al-Mandin MJC is Head of Social Development uh, Department also uh, we also have Zubaydah Ahmed, uh, MJC Counselor and then also uh, none other than Sheikh Abraham Charles joining us and uh, we, we've been engaging broadly on the issue of gender-based violence and again one of the sad things is that we we talk about this year upon year and um, it's becoming a bigger problem uh, violence not just against 
against women but against children. We've seen reports in the media uh, of, of children being, being, being the victims of, of heinous, heinous acts of violence and crime. And uh, the result is that I think there's a lot more awareness and there's anger in the community. But the, the question is how do we as a society, and particularly us as Muslims, how do we engage and how do we deal with this uh, and, and try and address it? And I th- again, I'm glad that the MJC has come to the fore and discussed this issue and also uh, recently having attended the World Vision and Islamic Relief Conference on Gender-Based Violence where some important themes were discussed. Now, I want to maybe touch on those themes now uh, with uh, Shaheed Ibrahim Charles, inshallah. Okay, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned something interesting and in that uh, earlier, and that was that um, generally our community is in denial, and I think that's why this this conference was so important. We we create awareness, especially among uh, you know among ul- ulama or people that uh, or community leaders, and um, you know so, some of the themes that were mentioned in there, or some of the things that cause gender-based violence, something that we need to look at. And uh, we mentioned some of those things, and that is that um, we have a cultural barrier, you know, to, to when it comes to addressing, you know, uh, gender-based violence, and that is that we we either too scared to to talk about it, uh, we deny the fact that it happens, and one of the first things that I think that they that they did was um, they mentioned the, some of the statistics, which was like you know to shock to shock us, and and to and to mention like facts like. Uh, last year, between April and December, there were 30,000 rapes, you know, in in South Africa alone, and um, I mean those statistics, you know, would, would definitely shock anyone. And so, uh, so now we we understand that this is prevalent in our community, and how do we need to address it? Um, so culturally, we need to maybe change our perception um, in in the fact that this is a problem, um, and then we also looked at uh, things like scripture. Where people would justify gender-based violence based on scripture, and we even find some of the, you know, the ulama they would justify this. But um, once we, when we look at scripture again, not any, not all ulama, you know, they they don't know everything. So sometimes we need to re-look at things, especially in the context of of South Africa or in the context of, of our our modern-day life. And so we re-looked at ayat and uh, verse of the Quran, the hadith and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we found that. In you know, no way in the Quran or in in the Hadith, you know, does it promote gender-based violence. And um, for example, some Quran ayat were used. But then to explain these ayat, we look at the Prophet Muhammad's life, like Sheikh Fadil mentioned, and uh, we find that he was, you know, um, beautiful in his in his character, you know, as a, as a husband and as a father, and you know, he would never do anything, you know, to harm anyone around him. So you know, from this, this is the example that we have. And so when, when we are in doubt in, in Qur'an ayat, or we don't understand some of the words in the Qur'an, uh, for example, if the word hit is used in the Qur'an, how do we understand this? We look at the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and we find exactly how we should be as fathers, you know, and as husbands. That this is what we need to emulate. So once again, we, we um, go remove those barriers, right, where we need to improve and create awareness about gender-based violence. So these are some of the things that we discussed at the conference. I just want to touch on one point there, and I think uh, um, perhaps is could this be the problem where sometimes the translation is a very literal one in mm. a sense and and we understand the the this the, the the study of quran and study of hadith also is a science in itself uh where one has to have various uh, mastered various elements to be able to have a deep understanding of the verses and not just a shallow uh understanding of the literal meaning but is it perhaps that sometimes we're looking at the literal meaning without the context given and through that people feel they've got the information they need to make that 
kind of, 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 of assumption. Um, or, or one of the facilitators mentioned that, um, you know, there's this constant question about um, that uh, used by non-Muslims, especially Christians, that, uh, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? Uh, and we, uh, you know, as Muslims, we, we're fortunate to the fact that we have hadith, we have the sunnah, and we'd actually know what the Prophet Muhammad did in that situation. You know, where, he, where an, a normal individual would have been angry, or he would have gotten aggressive. The Prophet Muhammad gives us advice, and not only gives us advice, but shows us through his example, you know, how to act in that situation. So, um, and the, I mean, there are tons of beautiful stories about how the Prophet Muhammad interacted with his wives, how he, you know, asked him for advice. And uh, I remember there was one section, um, I remember this was one of Sheikh Fadil's favorite sections, you know, in, in the conference, was where um, we actually had to uh, dissect the relationship between the Prophet Muhammad and his wife Khadija. And we looked at it very closely just to find out exactly, you know, what he was like as a husband, um, how he interacted with his wives. And uh, subhanAllah, that was really beautiful. And we can see a true example of what a husband should be like. SubhanAllah. And I think um, when, we, when we talk about uh, uh, the issues of um, the responsibility of men, um, and, 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 and uh, we're talking about brothers and fathers and, 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 and husbands and, uh, particularly, then that role model stands out as, uh, as, as the shining example of how we should be. And uh, SubhanAllah, I think also, but, but then again also, can, can I also then make this session, and I, I want to ask the question, uh, Apart from misinterpreting verses, uh, sometimes also the objectification of women in society, does it also perhaps lead into the fact that men sometimes feel that they have the right, uh, because society, there's this perception created by some sectors of society uh, that uh, there is a lesser uh, connotation to women uh, as opposed to men. And I want to ask this question to Sister Zubaydah. So if we're taking it out of um, our community, when you're just making, sort of uh, directing it towards society, then of course we have to look at patriarchy. I mean, it transcends um, religion, it transcends culture, it, you know, it, it basically influences so many things and the way people look at or the way men view women. So, um, yes, it's going to be influential and it's going to, uh, if it's a very deep-seated belief, it's going to impact on the way someone relates to uh, someone of the opposite gender. And then also, um, I, I want to then look at uh, perhaps uh, again examining uh, the MJC's role and, and how the MJC engages uh, with uh, the issue of gender-based violence uh, from, from a perspective of education. Um, how does the MJC uh, then uh, look, hope to address the issue in terms of not just through physically dealing with the, with the outcome of, 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 of an, a household where there is gender-based violence or trying to rectify, but uh, what measures are the MGC putting in place in terms of educating the community around, around uh, the, the rights and responsibilities to women and upholding the dignity of, of women in society? Now, Alhamdulillah, that's a beautiful question, Muhammad Fasih. What, what is going to happen now in the near future is already that, you know, with the assistance of uh, Sheikh Ibrahim, yeah, we're already working on, or Sheikh is in fact working on a khutbah that will be a unified khutbah on Women's Day. The Women's Day is on the Wednesday, so the Jummah after that, the 11th of August, inshallah. So we're hoping to roll out that at, at all the masajid in, in and around Cape Town. And thereafter, we're also having a similar program that with, with, with Islamic Relief, 
and World Vision and the MGC that we will be calling in 10 of our ulama with their spouses to do the same workshop that we have done and also with that then take it to the respective communities inshallah so that is the that is the plan and also from yarn moving forward with the MGC Women's Forum as well we are running numerous amount of projects and and programs and workshops you know educating not only inside in the, in, in the form of counseling but outside going out to the community speaking about gender-based violence speaking about and educating couples on how to live or try to live a harmonious life with one another so from here we have a huge task ahead of us but alhamdulillah it is something that is needed to be taken on and you know with the assistance of the community and the mashayikh and people like you know Sheikh Ibrahim Charles that had come on board alhamdulillah with this gender-based violence issue it is something that is workable and something that we need to do what we need to understand as a community is that we can only educate it is for the education to impact on our own lives. Obviously, I cannot go out and educate anyone if I don't want to, t- to impact on my own life. And that is how we, how we live and that is how we learn. So from the MGC side, that is what we want wanting to do. That is in the near future. Obviously, this is not something that is going to stop right here, right now. It is something that we want to see roll out. And we're beginning with 10 ulama and their spouses, inshallah. And that, that workshop is going to take place in September. And after that, we have... the. Intention to go out further, inshallah. Obviously, those ulama are going to be tasked with the with the task of of educating different ulama and people and social workers in their areas. So we're taking them from the furthest points to the closest points, and then strategically doing it one by one, inshallah. Inshallah, the voice of Shifa Dumani. This is the program uh, MGC speaks. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be into the final segment. Stay tuned. Je luistert naar die stem van die kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to MGC Speaks final segment of uh, this part of the program and uh, we've been speaking about gender-based violence. Uh, we know that Women's Month uh, is uh, coming up very soon inshallah and with it the uh, intensive focus on women's issues and then in November 16 days of activism as always South Africa turns its attention to uh, the, 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 the perpetration of violence against women and children but not focusing specifically on gender-based violence and uh, we understand that um, this does not just happen within the home in the form of husband and wife there are various other dynamics that play out sometimes uh, where women are victims of, 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 of violence uh, as well as males sometimes because we're speaking about gender-based violence so sometimes the assumption is it's just females that uh, fall victim to, to gender-based violence but sometimes males do as well and also I think that uh, society needs to needs to um, change its, 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 its perception in order to embrace the idea that this does happen with males as well and that the dignity needs to be afforded to males so when someone does come forward and talk about this in society that people need to give it the respect that it deserves um, uh, because I, I think sometimes uh, we, 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 we as just as much as we make assumptions on other things we make assumptions on, on the role of the male sometimes and sometimes uh, we feel that there's a, perhaps a sense of weakness attached to it and, and the reality is abuse abuse is, uh, is abuse violence is violence and these things need to be discussed in the dress because whenever there's oppression, Islam commands us to deal with these things, mm-hmm. subhanAllah. But now I want to I then talk about, we've spoken about the victim, but I want to also speak maybe about the perpetrator. And uh, we want to ask the question, does the social development department uh, 
uh, deal with or uh, engage with perpetrators sometimes. Um, and and, 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 and how, how does that engagement take place, uh, Sheikh? Now, alhamdulillah, we do engage with the perpetrator and we do try and assist to rehabilitate as well. So how does it happen is if the wife or the husband comes in and makes a claim or allegation at the time that, you know, my spouse is abusing me, we then have an obligation towards the spouse to call the person in and speak to them about it. You know, sometimes you, you, that, that education there and that, that engagement there, it is very vital to the rehabilitation of that family home as well as our community. You know, the, real, the, the realistic point is that this gender-based violence, although we had in the beginning, or I myself had said in the beginning of the program, that this is something that happens in all, f- all our communities, not only the Muslim community, but as a Muslim community, it is by time now that we come out and speak about this. Whether you are a victim or you the perpetrator, it is by time that we come out and speak about it so that we can assist. We can we can try it our best and to help the situation, to rehabilitate the situation, and to see that our homes become better places to live in and safer places to live in, live in. You know, w- with regards our homes and gender-based violence. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, we are a community. We don't stand for any form of violence against the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi or any other nation thereafter. Tomorrow we are having the march. I just wanted to throw it in there. Tomorrow the MGC and the Al Quds Foundation had called for a march because of the violence that our brothers and sisters, not only Muslims but uh, Christians as well in Palestine, are suffering. You know, but you you want to kind of ask question. You know, we're going to stand up against that type of violence, but when are we standing up against the violence that are happening in our own homes so we know we don't want to 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 pussyfoot around the 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 conversation and say you know what we are to assist a victim we are here to assist a victim in whatever way the victim needs assistance but we need to assist the perpetrator as well especially in trying to reform themselves and rehabilitate themselves and that we want to put out there because sometimes like an addiction you want to stop using the substance you want to stop using whatever you are addicted to so in in the case when it comes to the perpetrator you know you want to stop you want to stop and you have that feeling and you have that remorse with inside yourself you know that I, I am doing something wrong but I just don't know how to to stop it so that is where we come in and we try to assist the perpetrator in it inshallah well so once again we want we want to say that uh, to the to the victims for instance come forward and and, and share your story and 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 uh, you know uh, and it obviously it takes a lot of courage sometimes for, 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 for victims of, of violence to come forward and yes. uh, because there's, a sh- there's shame attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, 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 there's a stigma sometimes in society uh, you know, attached to, 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 to homes where there's the, this kind of violence. Uh, but at the same time also we want to say that um, uh, we need to create those spaces for people to come and tell those stories. And I think uh, here at the Social Development Department is a perfect opportunity uh, for you to come and, and, and tell your story. And, and, and lay out the situation you do not have to live in fear you do not have to live uh, you know uh, in, 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 in an environment where uh, your rights are being defamed or your rights are being taken away from you but then also again saying to the perpetrator that uh, at the end of the day Allah subhanahu wa mercy is there for us we just need to take that step and we need to say we need to people need to say that to themselves that they do have a problem and they need to take the steps to correct that at the end of the day Allah subhanahu wa mercy is broad and wide but obviously one has to conform to the to 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 the to the to the will 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is to conform uh, to the, in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sense in order to to, uh, uh, to, 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 to draw closer, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Shaykh. Mm. No, sure. sure. Uh, well, uh, that's it for MGC Speaks this evening. And once again, I just want to uh, reiterate uh, what Sheikh has mentioned about the march taking place tomorrow. That, of course, at 11 a.m. till uh, 1 p.m., uh, starting at uh, Muir Street uh, Masjid in District 6, uh, heading up Kaiser Street. And that'll be tomorrow, the 26th of July, 2017, uh, as mentioned, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., March for Al-Aqsa. And, of course, uh, the call once again going out there uh, and uh, requesting people support the uh, people of Palestine uh, against uh, the, 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 the um, uh, planned uh, security, so-called security measures that have, have, have been, have been uh, uh, proposed and have been implemented. Uh, people are saying no to metal detectors at Aqsa, no to security cameras, and of course uh, calling uh, on everyone to join the protest, uh, to, which will be happening tomorrow, the 26th of July 2017, at Kaiser Street. And also the picket taking place on Thursday, 27th of July between 12 and 1 at 5 Wales Street, Cape Town. That's the legislature buildings. And then again on Friday, the 28th of July 2017 between 2 and 3 Wales Street at 5 Wales Street, Cape Town, inshallah. And uh, of course, this protest is organized by the Muslim Judicial Council as well as the Al Quds Foundation. For further information, contact uh, Haji Yunus Ali 021 696 or 079 494 I want to say, guests in studio this evening, uh, Sheikh Fadil Mandin, MJC Head of Social Development Department, also uh, Zubayd Ahmed, uh, MJC Councillor, and also Sheikh Ibrahim Charles joining us, and I believe he's going to be working hard on that unified khutbah, inshallah, inshallah. Uh, that uh, will be going out, that circular that will be going out to all the masjids, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum, uh, all my guests in studio, all the best for the rest of the evening, inshallah. And from us, I'm Muhammad Fasih Peterson. It's been a pleasure being in your company this evening. Don't forget about the march tomorrow, 26th of July, uh, between 11 and 1. And of course, the next up is the program Caravan uh, this evening with Shafiq Sadiq between uh, 12 and between uh, 9 and 12, inshallah. Uh, tonight, uh, between uh, 9 and 11, it's time again for relationships in Islam with uh, Imam Faik Basadin. I believe the last program before he does leave for uh, Hajj soon, inshallah, I mean, but you'll be telling you more about that, inshallah. From myself, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Have a fantastic evening further and a big shukran to Faldi.